want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why, hello, and welcome to issue 699 of Geek in the City Radio. I am your host, Aron Duran. I am your other host, Pinarita. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hushton. We are coming to you live from Guardian Games. Yes. Which, which you can hear. <laughs> which you can hear, actually. Uh, very every, action-packed night. Everyone, it's, it's D&D Adventure League. Mm-hmm. Yep. For the adults and the children's. So, They're children's all of all ages. Yes, if you'd like to, if you like to call it that way, <laughs> I don't. But <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, how's everybody? See, now I feel like the dumb one now saying, "How's everybody's week going?" Because it's Tuesday, Melon. Yeah, which I now am experiencing again. Welcome, um, welcome back. Well, well, I mean, typically that is, is that is until I begin to have different days off every week. Sure. Welcome back on retail rules. Also, welcome back. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Typically, we only see the three of us are only in the same room once a week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, you know, I think it's implied that how have the past seven days been for you? Not just, you know, the last two work days. Yeah, yeah. True. No, totally. I get it. We did spend one of those days <laughs> together. We All did. Yes. Along with some extra people. Yes. I'm excited we were at. I, I can't do old timey medieval music. Oh my god! I wish I wish I had a soundboard right now. Yeah, there it is. That's, That's... the old time medieval music. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, gonna, I, I know it is. Old school, old timey, or Bam. just old. <laughs> yes, that too. That too. Yeah. My oh my. Um <laughs> Well, I was trying to mute so I don't cough right, right into the microphone, trying to be a good producer at the same time. Which which is funny because we both just kind of watched you as opposed to vamp. <laughs> yes. Good call, guys. You're nailing it. We are it's you know what? It is it's a Tuesday lemon. Yeah. Um, and it's warm. And it's, yeah, we're entering the season where Bean and I get extra grumpy. <laughs> yeah, I don't my, know, my brain works less. I don't know how you feel about summer. I hate Good it. for you. I knew we were, no, that's another reason why we're friends. I grew up in the high desert. So did I, I hate this yep. I would toast you if you had something. I grew up in the low desert? Uh, I don't know what's worse, high desert or low desert. Um, the humidity of the Pacific Northwest. See, there's no humidity in Susanville. 
There's no humidity in Ontario. There's definitely mm. no humidity in Phoenix. But at least you were pretty consistent. Susanville was 108 in the summer, negative 10 in the winter. Yeah, we Spring don't and autumn were each two weeks long kind of thing. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that California joke. Well, you know, there's there's winter, there's a little bit of spring, and then there's Caltrans season. I guess what I do know is that um, I never had a heat injury when I was overseas in, in that desert. Hmm. But when I was in eastern Washington uh, is when I got heat exhaustion. Yeah, eastern, eastern Washington is not dissimilar in climate to eastern Oregon. And eastern oh, yeah. Oregon is high desert. I think you get tricked like in eastern Oregon, eastern Washington, because your brain's like, well, it's Oregon and Washington. I know if I'm in like an arid, like I feel like subconsciously your brain's like, how hot can it really be? So you don't act like you're in a desert. You're not drinking more, especially if you don't grow up there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden your body goes, oh, no. I forgot. You See, know. And I, I didn't have that because I grew up there. That's what I mean. Yeah. So it, it's the other way around. Like my first trip to Portland was like, wait, the entire state isn't like this <laughs> all the time. Why isn't it hot over here? It's like, well, we're not in the desert. It's a, we're in a rainforest. It's right. temperate, yes. it's temperate rainforest. rainforest. Wait, what? We, we can have those? We spent Saturday in kind of a forest. We did. At the Canby Fairgrounds. Well, mm-hmm. Clackamas State Fairgrounds, technically. Cla- Clackamas County. But in Canby. Clackamas yes. County Fairgrounds. Yes. Because for, Canby is in Clackamas County. <laughs> yes. Uh, for the Oregon Ren Fair. It's mm-hmm. not one of those other Ren Fairs. This is the official Oregon. Yeah. I know there was <laughs> I, other I know ones, there was but... like beef between the different Ren Fairs. I don't know if there's beef, locally. but I don't think there's ever been an official Oregon one. Because this is only like their third or fourth year. Yes, because there's also the Canterbury Renaissance Fair, which is in July. But that's in Washington, isn't it? No. No. It is in Silverton. And then oh, there's okay. the, the Sherwood one, Yes, which is in Sherwood. Right. And then there's Shrewsbury Renaissance Fair. which Shrewsberries? There's no such thing these, as a Shrewsbury. These Shrewsberries taste like Shrewsbury. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was, that was low-hanging fruit. I did the same joke, but I did it from... The, the dad of, yeah. You were Willy Wonka. I was Veruca Salt's dad. Willy Wonka. No, I was doing Super Troopers. No, no, I was being Veruca Fudge. Snoozeberries. There's no such thing as a snoozeberry. Snozberries. I know. It's not. Oh, yeah. I, I was doing right. the town. Arr, 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 arr. Um, everything sucks. I'm going to laptop. Kings Valley is where the um, Shrewberry, oh. Shrewsbury Renaissance Fair is. Mm. Wait, in Kings Valley? Kings Valley, Oregon. That's a good name for a town that hosts a Ren Fair, I guess. Totally, yeah. Uh, they had to make they have to make up their own name for this one. They call it Dunvale. That's right. The uh, land of Dunvale. And apparently that's primarily like Scottish, Celtic themed. Or like like overall, like their their whole Is that their jam? Yes, yes. It's very like Celtic kind mm-hmm. of thing. Ireland, uh, Scotland. Every stuff. every week has a different theme, but generally speaking, the the fair is is right. is focused on like reenacting or recreating uh, Scottish. Yeah, although I feel like most of these now are kind of like just well, they're not SEA events. Those are the ones that are like Stricklers for being period correct and mm-hmm. yeah, because like, that's the Society for Creative Anachronism. Yeah, don't wear purple unless you're part of the royal court. I found apparently right. that's like a faux pas. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, no, no, this is this is more fun. People are here to sell shit. Yes. Uh, so they don't really care what you're wearing. Yeah, and the dress. I mean, it's not just for that. Like they had the jousting, and they had. I would like to go back and actually see some of the shows. I know we missed out on pretty much all of the performances except for the rat and the cat lady, uh, and one session of jousting. But yeah, and that, that's apparently the only time they physically joust. That one at the end of the day? Yes. The five o'clock is the actual joust. Everything else is a series of challenges. Um, like they will do horseback riding. But like get and, the like hit the, go through the brass ring. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the five o'clock show is the actual joust where they hit each other with lances. Yeah, because right, even right. if it's choreographed and like predetermined, like, you know, like pro wrestling, like jousting is still dangerous. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know. You've got huge wooden spears and horses. Yeah, even if they're blunt tips. And like, replica weapons. You hit someone, you miss that shield, and you hit someone going at horse speed. That's going to suck, if yes, not kill them. I was surprised it wasn't just the jousting. It was actually more, uh, like, not hand-to-hand combat, but, you know, regular combat. Melee, melee combat. Melee, God, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, of course, the culmina- culminating point of the, the battle royale that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You like, I, you know who's gonna win. You, you kind of know. Scotland was gonna win. You know what? Yes, exactly. Was... Because it's a Scottish run fair. Yeah. Uh, you sort of know what to expect, and like it's very obviously choreographed. But it was still fun. The crowd had just the right amount of bloodlust. Mm-hmm. I was actually impressed about how full contact they went on mm-hmm. the choreographed fights. Mm. So they either choreograph it really well or they all know each other so well and know that in the end, Scotland has to win. Yeah. Uh, again, it's like pro wrestling. I know the wrestlers will work out a few moves on each other. Like they'll plan it out and they know who has to take the fall. But other than that, they kind of go on their own. Like it's like, a, it's, yeah. I do appreciate that, that uh, like, that was set up like wrestling, like pro wrestling. Totally. Because that that is... I, I like it's the modern equivalent of what we were watching because it's we knew who the villains were, we knew who the heroes were. Right. Um, I kind of wonder how much a knight's tale has impacted how Ren Fairs do like melee combat and like jousting. Oh, they and, like, they the call you to the ring by playing "We Are the Champions," which they <laughs> used in course. They yeah, sure something did. to do with it. Yeah, I remember when I like saw the previews for a knight's tale, and they were using like. We are the champions, mm-hmm. and he's another modern song. And I remember thinking, like, well, fuck this. This looks like bullshit. Like, and this is before I had an appreciation for Heath Ledger. I'm like, oh, like a pretty boy, whatever. And oh, they're being wacky. And I didn't go and see it in the theater. And then I think either it popped up on TV or somebody I knew had it on DVD, and they're like, no, you have to watch this. And I'm like, nah, rough. And then I watched it and I'm like, this movie's kind of brilliant. And I, I was like, why didn't it do better? And I thought, because of mind. assholes like me. That's yeah. why it didn't do yeah. better. I tried to watch it when it first came out, and I got so far into it and went, nah, this is bullshit. I, I don't know what this is, but this is bullshit. And it wasn't until uh, America and I started dating. And she's like, what do you mean you haven't watched Night's Tale? It's like, oh, it was dumb and ridiculous. She's like, before we go any further, you're watching this movie. It's like, okay, <laughs> fine. And then watched it, and I'm like, so I was wrong. Yeah, no, I was that way too. I was like, so I've made a huge mistake. Yep. Uh, 
thank you for thank you for fixing this gap in my understanding of movies. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think I stopped being such a fucking film snob uh, when we started dating because of it's, it's like you know that part of this is you're just meant to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's entertainment. You, right. Nothing. Like, yes, you can analyze these things, but you don't have to analyze everything to fucking death. <laughs> right. It's like, it's a fucking movie. See, yeah. I had the analytical part of my movie-watching brain beat out of me as a youth. And <clears> so <throat> I very rarely ever, like, really, really critique anything. I'm like, most, of, most of the time, I'm like, yeah, that was fun. I mean, that's fun. But, fu- but yeah. A Night's Tale, like, definitely... Um, I was like, what is this? This yep. is amazing. Yeah, uh, it was also fun. like 14, I think, when that came out. 13. Oh, yeah. That yeah, that about, yeah, that tracks, actually. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, we had a good time at the Ren Fair. I had a good time, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a um, great time. It was my very first Ren Fair. It's my second. My first one since I was 19. Wow. When I went to one in Reno. <laughs> uh, this, is, this was my second. My first was with Yar. The Sherwood one? No, this was not in Sherwood. It was Ooh. out at the Washington County Fairgrounds in Beaverton. Oh, okay. I just always remember, I never go to, went to the Sherwood one, but I just remember all the stuff that happened because of Yar at the Sherwood. <laughs> like, the cannons caused one of the goats to go into early labor. <laughs> they asked them to shoot cannons. Like, yes. they knew it was coming no, in, yeah. but they forgot to run it past, like, the neighborhood sheep and goat farmer. Sure. That apparently oh, not not like sheep and goat that were there as part of the the festival. No, but it was like a farm local. that like butts right up to it, mm. and apparently the cannons scared most of the animals and made them run around in a you know panic. And then they found out later that when they did the full broadside with all the the cannons, the farmer was pissed because like this goat <laughs> or lamb, like yeah, it went into early labor because it, so it was it was like. Out. And then out that happened. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Poor thing. Ah, they're fine. We don't know. I'm assuming. I'm assuming if one of them had died, or if the mother had died, there would have been more infer. That would have been. If there would be no more bigger deal. Sure yeah. would right. Renaissance fair. Well, Yar was never invited back. I'm sure that's not face. the only reason. No, but I believe they never had a pirate event ever again. Mm. I think it was like. Oh yeah, pirates bring explosives. Yes. Yep. Uh, you by request. I mean, it, the it's one thing I'll give you our credit, unless you ask yeah. for a powder show, they don't bring it. Yeah, no. we don't blow stuff up if you didn't explicitly tell us we could. Right. You hear that, fucking sheriff of Rockaway Beach, <laughs> the fascist. <sighs> My favorite part was that time where, like, I think it was one of the last Rockaways I did, where like even though we had permits and permission from the chamber of commerce who kind of ran that event, like there were enough like busybody businesses in, in Rockaway that they called the sheriff again. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to shut this down. I don't care if you have permits. Um, I will not allow the discharge of weapons like within city limits. And the head of the chamber of commerce was like, fine. And told Yara to move the cannon line up five feet because then we are on state property. And he, he came right back. He's like, you were warned. And she's like, check the map. They're on state property. You have no jurisdiction here. <laughs> he was back. pissed. Pissed. Yep. 
I mean, if you want to, if you want to fight baby. the bureaucracy, you know, don't yeah, get, take don't it up get with the state. Take it up with the, know it. Take it up with the state. By yep. the way, it's July Fourth weekend. Good luck getting a hold of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the nearest state troopers where? Lincoln City. I wouldn't know. They're not going to do anything. They're off somewhere abusing their power. Every time you talk about this guy, I just picture like the just like the anti-fun dean of a college comedy film. He is. I so. Oh, Dean Wormer. Sure. So, do either of you ever remember the Dukes of Hazard? Even like as an image, you, yeah, Kate knows. <laughs> so imagine Boss Hog, but without the accent, and he's wearing a uniform, not the white suit. I I was actually picturing Roscoe. Coltrane. No, this is a big man. Roscoe wasn't big. Okay, that's true. But Roscoe was the lawman. Boss Hogg was... Was he the mayor? No, he was the... Boss Hogg was the sheriff or chief of police. Why does he dress like that, then? He looks like a... Well, now I gotta look up him because he was so... Here's... Yeah, I used to always think that Boss Hog was so old, and this man is probably 35. No, he's in his 40s. Maybe. Look, oh, look he how much the, gray hair he's got. The commissioner of Hazard County and the country's political boss. Whatever. Okay. I just remember thinking that Boss Hog drove a sweet-ass car, though. I don't remember what kind of car Boss Hog drove. A big old white, like, Cadillac boat. So, but with, right, like, a giant... that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a lawman. This guy's a fucking gang member, um, leader, mob. Yeah, mob boss. You I mean, you never yes. watched. You didn't watch Dukes of Hazard for anything but Daisy Dukes. Yes, and Daisy Duke and, and Daisy Dukes. Yes, and right, and the car. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Well, I never watched Dukes of Hazard. I, I never, wasn't watching I it for Bond Luke Duke. I sure as hell wasn't watching it for. Whatever and whatever when, when it was Duke. the when it was the cousins because those two went into like negotiations for a better salary and so they just wrote him out for a season that they were on the <laughs> racing circuit right yeah something like that so then like the cousins like Bob and Duke or whatever it was like yeah Duke 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 Duke, Duke. <laughs> I mean Duke, Duke, no Duke. disrespect to this guy because uh, he's a he's a wonderful man but it was basically like there were two Robbie wrists that replaced Bo and Luke Duke <laughs> for one season so, and then they brought oh my god Christian's gonna hear that you said that and he's gonna be upset no he's not because he's gonna get it because Robbie was cousin um uh in the Brady Bunch no yeah I get it but he loves Robbie wrist so do I but it's also a cultural reference right. even Robbie wrist has said you want your show to be canceled immediately you cast me as the long forgotten mm-hmm. family member <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. No, I'd say that with total pop culture love, and he knows that. Oh yeah, there's the 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 movie remake with Johnny Knoxville. I did see that. Mm. I did not. I saw parts of it. The only good thing about that remake, Mm -hmm. a, I kind of liked Burt Reynolds as Boss Hog, which was a weird full circle because Dukes of Hazard is clearly based on Smokey and the Bandit. Mm. Oh yeah, inspired by Smokey and the Bandit. So to have Burt Reynolds do full circle and then playing Boss Hog. But the best thing, first off, Willie Nelson is Uncle Jesse. Mm-hmm. It's great. That the best thing about that movie remake or whatever was the video game tie-in. It was essentially a racing game, but they created a narrative for it. And every once in a while, some of the, and it was always like, you know, get your whatever here in time or beat the cops there. 
But every once in a while in the story, it would have a flashback scene where you would play as Uncle Jesse in his prime running moonshine <laughs> in like his like, you know, four tricked out model A. And they even gave it like a film grain during the flashback races. You know, oh yeah. Hmm. It was pretty fun. Yeah. There Interesting. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Kyle. Kentucky Kyle says he's been to Hazard, not a single orange charger. Very disappointing. Right. Well, I mean, that that's also all right. The, the thing that you have to remember is during that period of time, the uh, the General Lee, is that the name of the car? Yes, the General um, Lee. Also uh, flew the, the, the stars and bars. Yeah, the top mm-hmm. of the car was the Confederate flag. Yeah. So, yeah. meh. Uh, I did see a few years ago, someone had posted like, I love that car, but I wanted the winner's version. So they had a blue charger with the American flag, and it, it was called the General Grant. Did the exact, did everything. Had that, it did all the sounds, everything. But he's like, I don't want to drive a loser car. That's fair. Perfect like, burn. Nice. Perfect burn, dude. That's good. No yeah. notes. Yeah, no notes. I'm <laughs> uh, not going to lie. I've always wanted to have a horn that I could do that sound with. The General Lee's mm-hmm. horn. Um, I'm sure it's not hard to do. No, I, I mean, I'm sure it could be programmed these days, but... Sure you program it on that thing. Mm, yeah, I could. I knew a guy who took... Like, he had like a, just like a basic SUV, and he changed his horn to be um, like the same as like you like you hear on a Mack truck. Oh, Which, and I, I, th- I think they're based on air, because eventually it runs out of mm-hmm. juice, and so you just get a... It just goes like... Jeff. <laughs> ironically it's it's a it's a pretty emasculating sound for someone whose masculinity is so oh. fragile that they needed to get a Mack truck air horn mm-hmm. on their yeah. on their SUV. Uh I have a cousin, this will shock no one that just to annoy people, he pro he got a horn that would play La Cucaracha. <laughs> like a taco it's, truck in LA. I hate it. <laughs> Although full disclosure, I'm talking shit about that guy. The the horn was a lot of fun. People do not expect that. Big horns are always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a none big of this horn has... at the Renaissance Fair. Did you say yeah? None of this has to do with the Renaissance. Yeah, you got your own. I went yeah. You got your own drinking phone. Fo- <laughs> yes, I, I should have brought it. I almost said drinking everyone. phone. I was like, that's not a thing. No, not yet. Uh, yeah, beautiful drinking horn with uh, like a gold lip around the top and it's got a little gold nubbin on the bottom and almost that little gold nub almost makes it look like a powder horn it does yeah yeah. um there were there was no shortage of uh vendors who had drinking horns but uh these guys sold me with their price and uh and the fact that this one had like really nice embellishments and it came with the stand this Mm -hmm. one yours look really good i mean no disrespect to certain vendors out there no they were all beautiful yeah but there were yeah but there were a lot, some vendors you could tell, like, oh, you have ordered your medieval slash pirate swag from, like, the upscale version of whatever that Oriental Trading catalog is. Oh, Oriental yes. Trade Company. Sheen, yep. Sheen is the new... Is Sheen's the new one? It's, yeah, it's between Amazon and Alibaba Express and all of those. Okay, yeah, I was like, this is, is Timu the next step? The, the no, I think yeah. Timu is rock bottom prices, too. Like, Timu is no, a membership. That's what I mean. Oh. It, is it becoming... The next up and comer, or has it been around for a while and I'm just now seeing it? I 
because I don't do a lot of online shopping. I don't think Timu is super new, but they're advertising a lot right now. Okay, that's why. That makes sense. Right. They're not paying us to advertise, so fuck them. No. I play a lot of app games, which is the only reason I have any sort of idea how long these things have existed for. Right. Um, Yes. You're going to see that, I think, at any... Uh, oh yeah, fair it, convention. Oh yeah, crafty, what have Just you. Just like you can tell which like dice tower patterns are the most popular. Yep, because right, it's cause... like oh look, it's the skull and it's the mimic, like mm-hmm. you know. But only one vendor had a dice tower that was actually the shape of a mimic, and you throw it in his little mouth and yeah. it comes out the bottom and yeah, it's all elaborate. Not to rip on that person because they painted it really well. Mm-hmm. It was a smooth 3D print, cleaned up, painted well. But that, those are on Here's Etsy the, you, everywhere. You know that, that... Yeah. yeah. What do yeah. you call a 3D printer template module? I think they're just called uh, frameworks, digital frameworks or something. Hmm. Okay. Um, yep. The one I was like kind of not disappointed to see, but that felt really out of place were the artists who sell like jewelry and pens that are all made of those different colors of acrylic. And like, sometimes they'll line the, the, the details in white. So you've got like acrylic earrings and acrylic keychain. It's they're not bad or wrong, but Usually at any event of this of that type, you're going to get like four of those vendors. Yeah. Uh, and it just felt really out of place for a Renaissance fair. Like right next to the booth that's selling like replica quality corsets. and Or like actual handmade leather outfits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know. yep. And you could always tell because they just cost more. But, and perfectly and, reasonable. Some of the leather work there was amazing. Part of it is, you know, like for some people, maybe, you know, they've only got 20, 50 bucks to spend at the Ren Fair once they pay to go to the Ren Fair. So, you know, you got to have something for everybody. Yeah. For everybody's budget. I did see a lot. This is something I wouldn't mind doing, but I know it requires a lot of coordination and people or enough people to have weekends off during whatever, June. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the idea of having like a living encampment that doesn't really do anything other than you're just kind of part of it. I think they call that a banyan. Banyan? Well, the banyan was something that was a pirate thing. Although I, I might be messing stuff up. Um, uh, but the, the term. Oh, is... okay. Like, we got to run in to our long old friend, uh, Kevin Stevenson, a.k.a. McTavish, yeah. who provides the greatest tankards you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember when uh, someone we know was doing a lot of props for Grimm. He, he was like, yeah, you like my stuff, but I don't hold a candle to this guy, McTavish. Like, he showed this people at Grimm, like, some of Kevin's work, and they're like, can we hire him? And he's like, yeah, it's not what it, it's not his thing. He just does it as a personal thing. Um, you know, you can't, you can't make someone do what they don't, what their heart's not in, even if they are one of the most talented people you've ever frigging met. Well, I think and what, the nicest, by the way. I think what McTavish realizes that a lot of artists don't is that if you turn the craft, the art that you love into your work and your primary source of income, it stops becoming the thing you love. It becomes a huge burden. It, it's it's becomes soul sucking. Yeah, hence why I never became a chef, or and will never become a craft beer 
maker, mm -hmm. like beyond for friends and myself. Sometimes it's just fun to do these things and get really good at them. Yeah. It's bad enough that I turn my love of writing into a career, you know? Well, that's an obsession. If I don't write, I go bonkers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, our friend Ida just said, yeah, Banyan is an annual pirate event, but gotcha. it's only for the outrage. Uh, I guess I just always assumed that the, the word Banyan applied to the, the, the activity as well, not just the one that these people own. Yeah. Run. I got invited one year to attend the Banyan, but then they're like, but then we want to have a cooking contest. And I was like, I want to just go have fun. I don't want to work when I get there. I'm not saying I don't want to help out, but like, I don't want to have the pressure cooking of doing like fucking Iron Chef huge. Banyan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that was another thing that was like really, that I really, really enjoyed. And I'm so glad that we did is turkey legs. Oh, sorry. Uh, going to the run fair and dressing up is an opportunity to like wear some garb and like get really elaborate with whatever. Um, but there was no labor requirements. Mm -hmm. Yes. None. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say for me, like personally, I have felt like I haven't been able or in a weird way allowed to have personal fun in a while. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool to get down there and, like, I didn't think about anything else I was going through. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Uh, I didn't worry about if someone else was having a good time or if they were bored. I just I just got to hang out in, like, my peasant clothing and mm -hmm. carry my dark Anna tankard that everyone still loves and wants to know what it's from and where they can get it. And I tell Oh, them man, if we had known from an earlier time that McTavish was there, we could have been, like, directing them. I don't think he does that much anymore, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and also, it gets back into, he'll only do it if he wants to. Right. Yeah. But, you know, no harm in, in, in presenting um, the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I forgot that, like, over two years ago, I drunkenly wrote him and said, I want a boar hunting spear. Because he remembered. And he took you at your word. He's still going to work on it, so... Hopefully this job will help me to afford my boar hunting spear, uh -huh. which is still going to be righteous. I don't care if I never go hunting boar with it. Yes. If he if he shows up with a boar hunting spear and you don't have the funds, we will fucking crowdsource that thing because he's already done it. What are you going to do? Just say, walk away from it? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. No. Well, he showed me that fucking long pole hammer that he made. Mm. And he looked at me like, I know you want it, mm -hmm. but I need it for this event. <laughs> Because that was sweet, too. Mm -hmm. but yes, that's what I need right now. Or more, well, let's say more prop weapons, but the weapons McTavish make are 100% functional. Weapons. Those yeah. are weapons. <laughs> that's not a prop. That would be a big murder stick. Oh, God. Yep. Yes! McTavish, if you're hearing this, don't let him have any of it. Murder stick! Yeah. I, I think the one thing that we all learned from attending the Renaissance Fair together is that we're all going to take up archery. This That's right. Hot archery summer. That's right. Hot yeah. archery summer. Um, we're going to do it in my backyard, I guess. Mm -hmm. it's Sunday, I'm going to get a nice long area and yeah, you it still need backs a good... up to some hedges. Yeah, so you need a good fence. Yeah, I need a backstop for when we miss the targets. Mm -hmm. I have a target. Excellent. Bring mm -hmm. it over. Yeah, uh, Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, then we just need bows. Arrows, got that, got other that. safety equipment. What? Uh, and someone to teach us what the fuck we're doing. Uh, that would be uh, Greg of Wandering Monster. That's true. You know, yes, Greg is my would be my first go-to, mm. but I don't. He doesn't have a ton of availability. 
Maybe that, that changes true. in the summer because kids aren't in school. So if you that makes them have even less free time. If you point out when this is yeah. going to, like give him options and he will make the time. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, no, well, no, because if kids aren't in school now, that means they're available for their gaming during the day on weekdays. Oh, that's true. So theoretically, I like how we're talking shifts, like we know exactly how his schedule. Works. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's just going to like triple his output. Uh, <laughs> And just really start raking it in with that DM money, mm-hmm. you know. But I definitely recommend you buy a cheaper bow for your first bow, not those gorgeous four hundred dollar ones that were like. I no, I'm not in a place where I can. That should not be your first bow. Hundreds no. of dollars for a, a piece of equipment I don't already know how to use. Especially if you get a, a few weeks into it and you're like, "This isn't fun," <laughs> which I don't think will happen. But I, I mean, I've I don't know how how many times I've ever been like, I don't like this anymore, or even like. Quietly felt it and or walked just your, away from it. Or just your ADH brain goes, I can't focus on this anymore. Something new. Pew. No, we'll just go back to a, a different craft for uh, six months and, yeah. then, and then and then pick another one and then and then rotate I them out. I can see you taking up fletching. Sure. I'll try anything. <laughs> it's just sticking to it. Yeah. Well, consistently. I, I'm not saying I'll never do it again if I walk away. No, I get it. No, it's fine. We all have ADHD. We we know how this works. Yeah, because we find ourselves <laughs> um, like I a bought... like a pack of neurologically demented wolves. <laughs> sure, I bought a kilt. Another you kilt. Did that's mm-hmm. right. I don't care if it's not traditional or not. This company uses Velcro instead of snaps, mm-hmm. which is wonderful because there's nothing more frustrating when you're in between sizes. Like whether you're losing or gaining some weight and you're in between the snaps, there's mm-hmm. nothing you can do other than have a kilt that falls or a kilt that you can't put on. Plus mine is, is purple, black. Excellent. It's pretty sweet. Uh, should, we, <laughs> should we take a little break? Sure. And come back with, uh, well, Kayla, you some, shared some, some cool news some with us. Some brick news? Sure. We can come up with that. That sounds good. Uh, what a world, what a world. We'll be right back. And a break we are going to take. First up, let's talk about our sponsor, Revnat of Reverend Nat's Hard Cider. So yeah, you know, talking about his new cidery on uh, Southeast 35th and Division. Technically 35th place, but you know, it just, yeah. 35th place in division. It's still basically 35th and, 35th and division. But what's really cool is that this Saturday, finally, in person yet again, is Night of a Thousand Tapaches. And you know that that event is important to Nat. It's important to this show because we love the Tapaches. And it's great. This is the first time it's been in person since 2020. Um, super exciting. He is inviting some of Portland's best craft brewers to do their favorite blends. And uh, the people will vote, and I do believe the winner will go home with the golden pineapple. Apple, lo, lo, lo. <laughs> so that'll be cool. It starts at noon this Saturday, and I think goes until they close. Um, so yeah, check it out. And uh, I know I'm going to be there like right at noon. I can't be there at night because it's D&D night. But hey, if you see me, if you see someone on the show, you know, during Night of 1000 Tapache, say hi. But regardless, when you're there, say, I heard about this because of Geek in the City Radio. 
Just like our next sponsor, Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. I do believe by now the Lord of the Rings sets are out there, so may the odds ever be in your favor that you got the one, one true ring that I think people are already offering like million dollar bounties on, which seems ridiculous. But yeah, uh, I think this weekend is actually the pre-release tournament. You may be able to sign up still, so check it out. They are, however, still looking for GMs for free RPG day, which is the weekend, I believe, of June 25th and 20, 24th and 25th. Um, so I think Saturday, the 24th. So yeah, if you have an inkling to... Um, you know, run a game during free RPG day, drop them a line at um, facebook.com forward slash, uh, just search Guardian Games, you'll find it. And when you do, thank them for being our longest sponsor of Geek in a City Radio, which we're getting back to right now. Did it just stop? Whoops, Daisy, we're back. Uh, it did. Uh, I, I need to have a, a video that is an infinite loop, not a... Not a time. Oh, it's a timed thing. Yeah. I see. Oops, a dare. Whoops. Whoops, a doodle. Hard to heard it. Forget what you heard. Did they hear anything? Take your reward. It don't matter. Forget what you heard. Anyway, I, to finish the conversation we were having before the show started, because yeah. who cares? I'll do it now. Yeah. Um, I think there's only there's a first and second prize, and like one's really cool. They're both cool, but they also both involve getting. That Miles Morales like giant Lego figure you can build, uh, signed by Bendis. Oh, this Pretty. is out now. This information is out. Yes, if you go to Brickdiculous's Facebook page, you can find out all the information. Right. I was like, yeah, you should probably put or, in the, or share if the you go to if you go to my uh, books page. But yeah, I'm telling you, sure. Okay. She... No, no, no. You do what? She do no Greg's schedule. Ah, okay. Like she was keeping up with what we were talking about at the time. I didn't see it until break, so. So since we were talking about a Lego contest, okay, well, you got in, we got in some like late breaking brick related news, right? It's I like, it was news to me. I found out about this last week. News you and, can use. And, uh, Kind of blew my mind. I was looking at uh, Modifius's website for something entirely different. I was looking up a different game. And within the, the website itself, it said, oh, here's some other things that you would like. And I'm like, hang on. The fuck? So back in the early days of the internet, this is like 98, um, I discovered that uh, Lego fans had started to form an online community. They were all ready all sorts of websites for Lego fans to share things they'd built. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that was out there was called Brick Wars. And it was an open source uh, set of rules that you, for a skirmish game, that you used your Lego minifigs and Lego You built sets. mechs, right? Is that the one I'm it thinking of? So it's not that one. So that came later. Okay. That was called Mobile Frame Zero. Okay. And that is I a, did the same thing. So I am getting... Okay. Yeah. That is a mech wars, a mech-on-mech mech battle where your mechs are built out of Lego. They're brick-built mechs. Um, that funded on Kickstarter. If you can still find the rules out there, download them. They're great. Um, I kickstarted the program and then loaned my books to someone and I never got it back. So... 
Yeah, but it's all online now, so I can just download it whenever yeah. I want. Um, but the Brick Wars. Brick Wars was if you have a bunch of castle sets and a bunch of castle minifigs, and your friends got a bunch of space sets and space minifigs. Cool, they can battle. Here are the rules that apply to all of the minifigs. Here are all the rules that apply to the sets. Mm-hmm. Here's your uh, how big, how many base plates uh, your your area is. It was really neat. Never got a chance to do it because, like, you know, I I was about to enter my dark ages of Lego. Um, every every Lego adult kind of goes through that where they they drop off collecting any Lego and oh, then they mm. come back to it. Okay, they, is that officially what you refer to it as? Yeah, not like, you, the collective. Yes, okay. like when you drop off from collecting comics for either because you've discovered girls and you're afraid they won't like the hobby or you don't have money. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, uh, adult fans of Lego A-Falls refer to that as their dark age. It's like, oh, that was my dark age. All the time. Okay, cool. Um, so I just figured the Brick Wars faded into obscurity or like just lived on in, in Lego fandom. Modifius is publishing the first full-on Brick Wars core rule book. It is the Ragna Block edition. I saw that. I was like, God damn it. That's um, a good one. This is fucking amazing. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, it is not endorsed by Lego. Um, and it's not official Lego product. But it uses Legos. It, it, it you know, it how do they get away using what are clearly minifigs in the art? Um, well, that's a good question. Is it just what, from talking to certain people that are in kind of the secondary Lego market, yeah. market the, the thing that I've, the vibe I've gotten is that if you don't directly impact products that they sell, they kind of turn a blind eye because they know in the end that's going to make people buy more Lego. Yeah, that that's ultimately what it is. And the thing that I've noticed that Lego has done for years is when they go, oh, this has been doing well, this has been profitable, mm-hmm. buy it. Right, yes. They bought ideas. Like Ideals was an independent uh, website for people to share Lego ideas and vote on them. And then they would send off the ones that did really well to Lego. It's like, hey, you should consider this. And Lego is like, we like this idea. We're going to do that. We like it so much, we're just going to go ahead and buy it. Start. And then they went, oh, okay. What's going to change? Well, you have more funding. <laughs> oh. Right. Um, okay. And we're going to let you, we're going to start publishing more sets from ideas per year. Wait, what? <laughs> so nice. this is all a good thing. Yeah. Why is this a good thing? Because we make money on it. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, anything that encourages people to buy your product, yeah. even if you're not working on the marketing or any of that for whatever that thing is, is seems like a plus in my book. And then if you get into like they did the same thing with the the, the biggest secondary market out there for Lego, which is um, Bricklink, which is the eBay for Lego. Mm. Um, anytime anyone mm-hmm. says, yeah, I'm going to go look for this on eBay. I'm like, don't look for it on eBay. Go to Bricklink. 
It's like I don't, I don't trust fuckers on eBay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Bricklink, the, those people will talk about you if you screw up. And then suddenly you're not selling Lego anymore. You have to go sell it on eBay with all the other scammers. Um, but Lego went, oh, this is this is really great, and we're glad that you're helping mitigate the uh, secondary market costs of everything. Cool. We're buying Bricklink. It's like, wh- wh- why? Why wouldn't we? Why would we not want part of the... Like, if we're making money when we sell the thing, why would we not want to make money again when we resell? Sell it again. Also have more funding. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, like, like, uh, like we were saying that it's it just helps them sell their product. Um, the core rule book for Brick Wars is available on Modifius' site. It ships in July, apparently. Um, so it's on pre-order right now. It's on now, pre-order right? if you pre-order it now at 5144 because it's probably converting to pounds. Um, mm-hmm. Then you automatically get a PDF of the book. Yeah, oh, which I do cool. appreciate. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I honestly have to say that I can't think of a theme that is better suited for this out of the box than dreams. Mm. Yeah. Uh, for the record, it is 40 pounds or 51.44 US dollars. Yep. They're pretty good at converting it. it they, you click whether you're buying US or UK and it shows you. Yep. It, it, it shows you the yeah. page to order it with the price based on the nation that area that you mm-hmm. the region that you've chosen <laughs> um i really want to read this for the listeners because uh because it tickled me please do uh, a minifig is a cute and friendly looking character but don't be fooled behind that lovable exterior is a remorseless killer <laughs> a minifig will hack a human's heart right out of their chest if she thinks she can get away with it her minifig village could live for months off the meat Failing that, she's happy to go on massive homicidal rampages in hopes of gaining favor with her human overlords. Nice. It's pretty great. It's pretty and then good. they've got the attributes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, your action, your move <laughs> action, armor class, uh, armor. Yeah, armor class. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for this to to get this printing to be backed by Modifius. Um, I will be interested to see if we carry it here at the store. Are there reasons why you would not? Well, you you guys don't carry Lego anymore, right? Yeah, but that, I mean, that part doesn't matter. Right, because it, it's the book. It's, it's a source book. There are, we don't sell Hot Wars, but we sell Gaslands. So, the uh, completely different company, Osprey, makes a series of tabletop miniature game books. Mm-hmm. Frostgrave is one of them. Frostgrave is probably their, oh, their okay. best best game where it is a it's a system where you use miniatures like miniatures that you use in D&D. You put together your little war band and your friend puts together a war band and you fight. It has all the rules. There are no official Frostgrave minis. Ah. You use whatever you fucking want to use. That's cool. You could use Lego minifigs. You could use army men. 
you could use your D&D characters. Your Warhammer, or, your Hero Clicks. Yep, any of those. Um, so, I'm blanking on the word that I want to use for this. But anyway, that so that's one of them. Um, they also have Stargrave. Like, Frostgrave is the fantasy version of that. Uh, Stargrave is the sci-fi version, um, both from Osprey. They do another game called Gaslands. Gaslands is Mad Max. You trick out your car, you go to war in this wasteland, and you're always fighting for gas, and it's just car-on-car violence. That sounds fun. But it doesn't sell any models. You are encouraged to kit-bash your Hot Wheels toys. Yes! The, the whole goal of all of their these games of theirs is to use what you already have. Here's the book. That's all you need. That that and your imagination. Beal, stamp, uh, Bean, stamp of approval on I this think, one. I think uh, there's also Gamma Wolves, um, <laughs> which is mech. So if you have a bunch of Robotech or a bunch of uh, Gundam that you're all put together, now you have a game that you can use your Gundam models for. Damn. Yep. Uh, Osprey usually publishes historical war game stuff that I know that has a market and this is my opinion and not the opinion of anyone at Guardian Games or Guardian Games officially but historical war games make me yawn like I have zero interest in them and I'm always leery of people who have a deep connection to those games especially playing Essentially, the bad guys in each of those mm-hmm. real wars that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. However, these series of books, which are all based in fantasy and and make believe, great. I love it. It's all coming up. Hey, look at that! What? Oh, I just uh, our good friend Indigo is in the chat. Oh, hey, what's up? Um, Hi, Indigo. Indigo. The first D and D Lego set comes out later this year. Or next year, next because that's officially D and D's 50th anniversary. Oh right, right. Yeah. So yes, it will be the same scale as like the blacksmith shop. Um, so it's the the Hocus Pocus house. Now they announced yesterday. Yep. Uh, that looks so goddamn good too. It is good. I don't really give a shit about the movie, but the set's gorgeous. Um, so no, it's, a, it's the same lying. scale, but it has like a red dragon crashing down on a building. Yep. And I do believe they said it will come with an adventure to use that set with. Fantastic. Like an official wizard's adventure. Well, this is gonna this is gonna put a dent in um third party um, you know the action y part of of D D. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. I really don't. I don't know. There's Sorry. so Sorry. many. There are so many third-party companies who cater to, you know, the the tabletop portion of D and D. They sell mm-hmm. magical tables and projectors and, you know, different kinds of maps and like three-dimensional components so that you can build your, you know, what used to be just be a, a paper with grid on it, um, and partnering with Lego is going to, I think, make a, a, a cut into that market pretty. There, To be clear, there was a competition on Lego ideas. Yeah. 
This is the set that won. This is the only set they're producing. It's the only thing they're doing. Okay, it, gotcha. It's not, it's not like a, a long time. time. Yeah. It's oh, a okay. let's celebrate their 50th anniversary. It wasn't let's set up a new... Uh, and yeah, because that, that would require Legos and Hasbro to play fair. That yes. would require Hasbro to play fair. And I don't think they'll do that. So the set is called Dragons Keep Journey's End. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's super cool. It's got a little beholder in it. Uh, I'm excited. Third party, Dungeons & Dragons accessories. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's what you were looking for. Yes, yes. yes, yes it is. Um... Accessories. Uh, oh, this guy! You guys yeah. showed me this guy. This thing's amazing. Yeah, I would. I, 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 I would get that. I would. I would build that. I, I'm sure that there's a, another term for it. I always refer to things like that as system scale, okay. um, because Lego system is city, castle, space, yeah. um, dreams, Ninjago. That it's a specific size. Versus creator, which is like a system size building is usually about two to two and a half bricks shorter than any creator building. Um, are are creator built things uh, done to a specific scale? They are their their own. They refer to them as like a city cafe scale. Mm-hmm. Because the first one they did was this cafe with a hotel on the top of it, and it had a specific number of bricks to do the height. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of their uh, system city stuff is usually about two to two and a half bricks shorter than that. Um, it keeps the piece count down. It makes it easier to to add on height. Mm-hmm. It's why. I know that when I finally get around to getting the Daily Bugle for my Marvel diorama, it's going to be as tall, if not taller, even though it is only four stories high and my Avengers Tower is seven stories high, mm-hmm. it is seven system stories About, high. Didn't you add on to your Avengers Tower? Well, it was originally four. Yeah. And I... Yeah, no, you're right. It's I added on another floor, so it's eight. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's eight stories high, so it'll be the same height as the four story. Right, because of the different scales. Right, right. interesting. Right. Uh, the idea around system is a lot of things are open backed, so, so it's easier to play with them. Whereas the the creator level stuff, the um, is all enclosed, so that you lift off levels at a time to get in and, mm-hmm. and set things up. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was gonna make a like an analogy of like like dollhouse versus like Barbie Playhouse, but um, <laughs> but I, I don't have it. Let's just move on. That's fine. That's fine. But that's not a that's not a bad analogy. No, huh? It's totally not. Yeah. It would have been great, you guys. It would have been great. Yeah. I'm smart. I'm moving. Not like people say. Not like people say. And I demand respect. Uh, <laughs> do not see everyone forgets that last part and that's the best one I demand respect oh my god all of our equipment you could do like, for the for the for the listeners slash viewers mostly for viewers all of the equipment is right there yep 
literal spitting distance. That I literally cannot afford to replace anything right now. Nope. I need all the money I can get. Yep. Well, it, I mean, it would have been your fault. It would have been totally I know. Your fault. Yeah, well, story of my life. Oh, okay. Um, right. By the uh, way, if anybody knows about some decent, affordable housing that's not out in Gresham, drop me an email. And ideally, not a, you know, like, share. Or Beaverton. Yeah, I don't want to share. I'm. It's on your. Oh. Goddamn, 47 years old. I don't want a roommate anymore. I don't want to share. Sorry. No. No, sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Damn uh, Indigo says, don't get started on model train scales. Which I is, won't. I don't, uh, I don't well, know I, anything about them. I, 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 my dad used to have a, a model train that would go around the Christmas tree. That's what but I... We, yeah. But we didn't use it. We didn't use it for many, many years. You know, like, after it's, like, early... It was, it was very delicate. Uh, but the comment, Indigo, reminds me, uh, I was picturing, I I want I want Cable to have a basement, um, you know, like, like any middle-aged man, but instead of the traditional model train, you know, like the huge table with the model train and the little village and the, the train station and all of that, just... Just a sea of different Lego sets. Do you know he can get a Lego train set, right? Yeah. Fine. Do that, too. Do whatever you want. Like a big I just, combo. I just, want, I just want for you to have a basement with a massive table for you to, to have your your miniature world. I, I will say that... What a lovely sentiment. Yes. That, <laughs> to start with. Um, that is very kind. Uh, I I would also like that. Um, I if we were not in this particular timeline and th- things were, you know, not what they were, um, I would entertain the notion of having a house, and I I wouldn't want it to be the basement. I I don't necessarily want to be underground with all of this. It's got good temperature control. It does. It does have good temperature control. Um, but I also like a little bit of life. It's nice. That's fair. Um, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have other Lego sets in the rest of your imaginary sure. house, but the basement is the best place to put a massive table fully dedicated to your Lego sets. Yep. Yep. That is all. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that would be fun. I would also then need probably... At least a month of unadulterated building time. Yes. Well, no, no, no. Cram it all in at once. You know, take your time with it. It's it's your hobby. Just, just, just savor it, Cable. Uh, I, Indigo says, just build your house with out what of Lego. Money? Oh. I mean, there's that. <laughs> Although now that they're going plant based, it might be a little more tenuous. Not uh, that I'm against the whole plant based thing, but. I won't. Um, I wouldn't actually build it out of Lego proper. I would be more prone to making the bricks out of some sort of building material, but have them look like Lego brick. Oh, that'd be bitchin'. Yeah. Yeah. So that it that. looks like a Lego. That one. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> Instead of a grass lawn, because fuck grass, um, just have a green grid with little nubbins, nubs little nubs all around what do you call those studs studs yeah 
I Lego, like nubs. Lego studs. Yep, studs. My name is plates, Stud. <laughs> bricks, plates, tiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of jargon. It's a lot of piece names. What's the craggle? Beck said, with no kids, you don't need the craggle. Yeah, what is a craggle? I don't know. Let's just I've... sit here. Let's just sit here and wait for Bex to answer. She's not. Don't answer that. <laughs> Bex, do not answer. No. I wait, is it something know. dirty? No, she knows. I don't. I I know because now what I my answer to you is, I'm making you watch the Lego Movie with me again. Oh, okay, that's fine. Okay. I really enjoyed that movie. I will rewatch all the Lego movies. That's fine. Don't mm-hmm. threaten me with a good time. There are four of them. Okay. There's the Lego movie one and two. Lego Lego Batman and Lego Ninjago. I haven't seen Lego Ninjago. It's fun. It is. It is not the uh, the see, Bex and I we we have an understanding. Simpatico. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, I see. I see how things are. We're, we're, with lines the hierarchy have been, lines have been drawn. Is. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you will rue the day. But yes, as Kentucky <laughs> Kyle pointed out, it's crazy glue. It was the the whole. I remember now. I yep. yep. Nope. I got it. I got. It. I mean, I'll still I'll still watch all the Lego movies with you yep. again. But I got it. I got there. Gamey. Uh, I I still hold that Lego Batman is one of the best. Um, not uh, uh, dissertation is not the word I want, but um, deconstruction of Batman and the Batman mythos mm-hmm. I have ever seen. That's part of gold, man. It is by far one of the best Batman films with the understanding that it cannot exist without any other Batman movie. Correct. I am not well versed enough in the various iterations and representation of representations of Batman to like really like be able to agree or disagree, but I'm still going to agree with you because it's very, I mean, like not, it's not satirical exactly, uh, but kind of. Kind of it, like there's satire in it. There is um, it, that there's that, a lot that of meta version of Batman has a lot more self awareness than I think mm-hmm. other versions of Batman. I mean, I don't know. I've never read a Batman comic, so that's like the core. Anyway, um, but those are also all referenced. Like it, everything that has made Batman Batman uh, over the decades, decades that he's existed is what is it some, like seventy years now. Eight, almost ninety. Yeah, nineteen thirty-nine. Yeah. Oh, is that including Detective Comics? Yeah, that's yeah, when that, he that, yeah. when he showed up. Nineteen thirty-nine. Detective Comics twenty-seven. Um, the case, the chemical, the, the case of the Chemical Crime Syndicate. Mm. Boom! Nice. Way to go, nerd. Um, essentially, that's my job. Uh, I, th- I think one of the the most amazing things that it pulls off is it is the one piece of media that has ever made the Joker a sympathetic character. For that, I would need to watch it again. Yeah. Because I remember them releasing the cast. It's like, and this person is playing the Joker. I'm like, really? That's... Seth Rogen? No. No, what's it? Between Two Ferns. What's his name? 
Gal- so, Galifianakis. Yes. Yeah. So they hired Zach Galifianakis to play the Joker, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Well, they, yeah, that would never happen in real life. No. Except then they get in there and they start telling the story. It's like, oh, you hired Zach Galifianakis because he can play a sympathetic Joker. He can play a Joker that you're like, oh, man, I feel bad for you. Why do you feel bad for the Joker? The Joker is never <laughs> a character. Never been sympathetic. Yeah. Never, ever uh, do you ever feel bad for that character. Except for the Lego Batman movie. Slight sidebar tangent. Yes. I know neither of you are big Fast and the Furious fans. How dare you? Oh, you like them? Yes. Have you seen Fast X yet? Not yet. Sir. Like, it's ridiculous. And it yeah. gets only more ridiculous. Yeah. But... Jason Momoa chews every scenery, and I'd heard a rumor that Jason Momoa said he based his character, because he's supposed to be a little cuckoo, mm-hmm. he based his character on if Jack Sparrow and every favorite version, his favorite version of the Joker had a kid. Nice. He's fucking wonderful. In oh, it. Yeah. He's just... Every time he's on screen, you're like, oh, not what unhinged thing are you going to do now? <laughs> and there's a scene that is straight up. It doesn't give anything away. I will tell you, there's a scene. It is straight up. You can see the Joker. It's a comic accurate Joker. Mm-hmm. He's sitting like in a side yard somewhere. He's got his hair done up in a couple of buns because, he, you know, and he's got he's done his makeup and he has just finished painting his nails different colors. And you see him painting the toenails on someone as the camera pans back it's two security guards that he killed like an hour before in the movie. He just has them out there rotting as he talks to them like they're his therapist as he paints their nails. And he's like, whoa, 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 don't be that way. He's like, we need to get rid of that toxic masculinity, you know, get in touch and be with you. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, I never thought I'd say something about Jason Momoa, but I was riveted every single time he was on screen. Yeah. It's, it's wonder. I'm so glad we have a, like two more movies with him. Because, um, by the way, the Fast X is going to be a... They're closing it out with a fucking trilogy. Oh, great. Yeah, fuck it. Anyway, sorry. See, and I we were I was talking with a co-worker about Fast X, and I said, look, they, they keep talking about it. Michelle Rodriguez was talking about it when she was doing the press junket for uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you go with Fast X after this? She's like, what do you mean, where do you go? We're at the top. We go laterally at this point. We start bringing in other shit. Like... Just a plateau of excellence. Yeah, it's you just start crossing over into everything else. They're like, so you're saying you'd want to cross over with D and D and and the Fast and the Furious? She's like, hell yeah. So who goes where? Helga. I put Holga in the <laughs> Fast and the Furious movies. It's like, okay, Holga. I, I just my re- money. I just rewatched Honor Amongst Thieves, and Holga oh, so is good. the first time I've I've ever really. Had it like been able to appreciate Michelle Rodriguez? I know we talked about this a while ago. Yes, um, and it's it's partially you know just like just being a brown woman with not a lot of representation yeah. historically. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think she's a bad actress. I didn't care for her in Fast and the Furious back in the day, but I only saw like the first two. Yep. I don't know. Uh, maybe she has also evolved as an actor, not, and that's not just that I hate her. Um, I don't hate her. I don't hate her. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's not that I just I hated I hated her performance then, but you know she, but no, that was a long much. time ago. Yeah. I loved her in this uh, content. The the content, the material has a lot to do with it yeah. too. But but anyway, that when we were talking about it, I'm like that that's the direction you go now. You start mixing franchises. 
Like anything that Universal owns is free. I game. mean, we talked about it. Universal Monsters. You get yep. you get whack you get the wacky razors, but it's Universal <laughs> Monsters. So here's my pitch. Um, Fast and the Furious and Back to the Future. That could work. So so that Fast and the Furious eleven is FF11 Fast to the Future. Oh! <laughs> um, right. I, I, I want there to be a competition element where, like, whoever is the fa- the most fast and the most furious is the one who like breaks that sort of like time speed barrier. So not only are you like tra- time traveling mm-hmm. and racing, but like, you know, winning the race means getting the, to time travel. And so maybe maybe you're competing to to show up and change something in. You know, like the 1970s, yep. and only like only one of you is going to get your way. Again, it's, wh- it's whoever is the winner of the race. I still think the peak combo, though, is that Universal owns the rights to Jurassic Park. Yes, so uh, we get Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Yes, one hundred percent. I I want yeah I yeah. Um, God, there's a party. Like drive this car to play, and the guy's like, "Where are you going to land?" I won't say anything about landing it <laughs> with a car. By the way, uh, so good. Merrick is once so again ridiculous. Responsible for my renewed um, interest and love for the Fast and Furious movies. When I first when they first came out, I'm like, "This is ridiculous." I don't. I, I don't. It's like it's just a car movie. I don't care. Um, I mean, the first one's Point Break, but with cars. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's true. Yeah. It isn't until you get past three that it suddenly goes from being this is a movie franchise to they're doing something different in Hollywood that Hollywood isn't doing. And that is... That's an almost entirely BIPOC cast. Exactly. The one main white guy died, which was sad. He was apparently a wonderful person. Paul Walker. Yes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's a... Oh, yeah. At, At the screener... For Fast and the Furious. I, oh I, shit! Like, yeah, like yeah, it was my I guess technically my first screener, like when I was in high school. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I feel as though that his death is part of the reason they're all like, we have to keep doing this for Paul. Well, he got the official send off. I think in seven, they mm-hmm. brought him like a digital version where like Dom sees him and does the like the nod, yeah. and they drive in different directions, and you never see him again. Uh, as everyone knows, the franchise turned around. The the turning point of the franchise was Tokyo Drift, what, yes. which is technically the third one. Up until then, it, well, because the second one is just a sequel with more like cop and racing stuff. Mm-hmm. Tokyo Drift is a completely different movie, but it's within the Fast franchise, and it doesn't tie it in until the very end. Mm-hmm. When I think it's, you find out that Paul Walker's one of the drivers, right? And then it's off and running. Uh, that was also in the movie that introduced uh, uh, Sun Kang's character. Who's in, Fa- who's in Fast X. Right. Even well, though he supposedly died in Fast 8? No, but he faked it. He died in Tokyo Drift. He did, yeah. Uh, and he, then he showed up he in shows up. 8. Yeah. And that's when they find out, oh, God, Han's still alive. Yeah. So, yeah. And Jason Statham's character's annoyed because he faked his death but didn't tell him. Yeah. See, this, I'm te- this is all Here's the thing. soap opera-ish. Oh, no. The yeah. fast, it is 100% a soap opera. It's great. It's 100% because all comic books are soap operas. Uh-huh. Whether people want to admit it, superhero yeah, sure. comics, they're soap Absolutely. operas. They're your, sto- they're, they're your stories. They're, Pro yep. wrestling, soap opera. Yep. 
Um, Fast and the Furious franchise just has all of the same elements of the things that we were like, why is this so so fun? Because it, it allows itself to be fun. It just wants to be fun. Um, what I remember from the first ones is that they're basically a heist gang, right? They, they mm-hmm. steal... Well, in the first one, they're just... Yeah, they're just street kids that race, and they race for pink slips, and yeah, they'll sometimes steal cars. And then... When does it escalate into, like, driving under Mack trucks and well, okay, in so steal, in, like, millions of dollars so of goods? So in 4 and 5, they become thieves, but they only rob people that deserve to be robbed. And I think it's in 7 where they're contacted by the agency. Mm-hmm. That's like, no one's better than you behind the wheel. We, we want to contract you to do the stuff that we can't get caught doing. And that's, yeah. Huh. Maybe I've seen more of them than I And eventually they're betrayed. Yeah, I mean, they've gone to space. Yeah. They uh, jumped a submarine with a tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say the things they've done out loud, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and see, like, objectively, that sounds dumb, and I don't want to watch it. Well, in this one, my fucking Dom attacks, I think he attaches his fucking charger to, like, a construction crane after playing uh, pinball with a bomb in Rome to protect Vatican. I'm telling you, man, it's fucking gold. (laughs) Is is this the one where he's got the the two helicopters that are attached to his car? Uh, They do a flashback to that. Oh, okay. Because remember, that's during the Rio de Janeiro ep- movie, which I think is five or six. Okay, okay. Because that's where Jace Momoa's character comes from, because the dude who died in that one is his dad. And even though his dad was a piece of shit, he's like, but I still loved him. So his oh, whole point right, is to break. Okay. His whole point is to, uh, yeah, his whole point is to break Dom. No, the- break the family. He wants Dom to live through the whole thing. And watch everything he loves die. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I so good. <laughs> I need to go see it. Um, uh, I wanted to. I saw it with Ida, and I was really tempted, but it would have broken us. Um, part of me wonders if it's good or not good to see it in DX in XD that theater <laughs> that walks you around in the D box. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark Bernard and Sada and 4DX, this guy I listened on the Fat Man Beyond yeah. podcast, and he saw it because he loves them. Uh, he saw it in the 4DX, which is an even more intense version of the D-Box. And he's like, I'll never do that again. He's like, the movie's gloriously wonderful in its insanity. He's like, but I'm pretty sure I needed a spinal adjustment. Yeah. Afterwards. Um, mm, I, spinal adjustment. I, I'm still at uh, the one movie that I have watched at a D-Box theater was Star Trek Beyond. And I don't, I don't want to... I want to go outside that. It was it was perfect. I watched uh, Top Gun Maverick in the D-Box. Mm-hmm. How was that? There's a lot of like, <clears throat> there's a lot of like quickly mm-hmm. left to right, up and down. There's a lot of that. And every time they hit the afterburners, the whole seat goes, and as it leans back. See, I like that. Like it's great, it but like it's also Star- awful. It sounds like Star Tours. Yeah, I, I liked. Kind of. I liked it for Star Trek Beyond because there was a lot of. Moments where it was just calm. They were on the station. They were just talking. They were talking things out. But when it was like when you watch the Enterprise come on screen and it just kind of banks slightly, and all of a sudden your chair is like going with the Enterprise. It's like, oh, I love this. I love this so much. By the way, Justin Lin directed Star Trek Beyond. He's mainly only done Fast and Furious movies. Yep. Oh, since Fast Five. 
Five, well, no, yeah, five, he all, six. He also did Aquaman, which now explains why Jason Momoa is in Fast and Furious. Mm. Look, I got to respect Justin Lin on Aquaman because clearly they're like, look, we're filming off because there's a lot that happens in Aquaman. There's too much that happens. And I think what happens, they're like, look, we're doing an Aquaman movie. Um, we may never get to do this again because it's fucking Aquaman. So let's throw every little bit of his lore into one fucking movie. Yeah, it's too much. I yeah. still haven't seen that. It's it. I I still stand by. If you had picked either Arthur claims the throne storyline, and it's it, it's your King Arthur story, or you go what the Black Manta revenge, or go full on Black Manta. Mm. One of the two of those would have been fine. Both of them felt really overloaded. Yeah. Oh, and then, but you just, also they did, find did a out, Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah. Yeah, but without the um implied sexual assault of a person's I mean, that's, body. That's its own, <laughs> that's its own problem. But, yeah, it is. But Boba so, Fett's his dad. Yep. Boba Fett and Nicole Kidman are Arthur Curry's parents. Yeah. Tamara Morrison. Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Yeah, she plays his mom. Nicole Kidman is the... She's the... She's the whitest person who ever existed. Yes. How, and, uh, Tamara Morrison. Perfect. Yeah, I, I mean, like a small pool of yep. people to pull from, but okay, because he's great and I love him. Uh-huh. But Nicole Kidman. Oh, what what that basically said is, uh, um, Maori genetics were a lot stronger than Atlantean. Yep. Oh, well, <laughs> well, that's just a that's an actual fact. My yeah. man. Uh, I know those people. Minor- that hate- minority uh, genetics are stronger than Caucasian genetics and they tend to be the prominent ones in mixed race. That's how we get our revenge. Dominant genes as hair is brown. <laughs> Suck it, white people. I well, mean, on that, no, we I should wrap you. up the show. <laughs> I love you guys. End the show with everyone suck it, white everyone. people. <laughs> no, because everyone who's listening, we love you. So so not those white people. Just just Not all white people. <laughs> Did you just not all white people people? I'm going to stop talking now. Next week, I think, if we all get a chance to watch it, Strange New World Season 2, Episode 1, because we're two days out. Absolutely. June 15th. Yay! If you're listening to this on the podcast, it's tomorrow. Yeah, assuming I get it up. Yeah. Yeah. My my schedule has made it very hard for a 24-hour turnaround. Sure. That's fine. Totally fine. No no one is demanding that. I know. It's fine. It's fine. It's my own brain. I can't hardly wait. I, wa- I watched I can't either. the the preview premiere or the premiere preview ready room yesterday. Oh, did that go out? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, maybe I should remember to do that this time. It's cute. Mm-hmm. And Will Wheaton is just enthusiastic as ever. But... I'm not refusing to, to to do the ready room thing. I just forget. you always forget. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, but man, it just oh fuck. I'm just so excited. Um, I've been rewatching the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, so, yeah tune week. in for yeah next week. Strange new worlds. Yes, and with that, two. Uh, season part two. <laughs> part two. Part Ele- two. Strange new worlds two. Electric Boogaloo. I'm Aron Duran. I'm Vita Rita. And I'm Cable Hashtag. My man. My man. <laughs> My man. <laughs> I know, whatever. We'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, nerds.